It's the position everybody wants to focus on. Yet, we're not really sure what to make of the 2023 quarterback class. That's the focus of today's TDN Daily. And welcome into the Wednesday edition of the TDN Daily Podcast. Chris Schubert back with you here once again. Another mock draft. We waited just the extra day. Round two of Joe Marino's latest mock draft is out. And we're going to talk about the quarterbacks here on the show today and how I don't know if we really know what to make of this 2023 quarterback class just yet. And I still think we're trying to figure it out. And we're not going to have a lot of data points left uh, on this journey. So a fun little conversation to be had here on the show today. But before we dive into that, got to tell you about our friends over at Bet Online. Basketball is back and Bet Online remains your number one source for all of your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all your sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. They're always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, whether that's the NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. All you got to do is head over to Bet Online to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Just make sure to use our promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. And it feels as if we are not necessarily repeating what happened in 2022 with the quarterbacks, because I think this class, from a talent perspective, we've got more options here in the 2022-2023 class than we did in 2022. But I... I can't help but remember how we felt about the 2022 class and how surprising it was to see the patience that teams showed when trying to get a quarterback. We only had one quarterback go in the first round in Kenny Pickett. We didn't see Malik Willis and Desmond Ritter come off the board till round three. There was patience showed at a position in which you don't see patience. Johnny Menzel, Brady Quinn, Brandon Whedon, quarterbacks that go in the first round. E.J. Manuel, we can go on and on and on. First round, Jake Locker, I could do this all day. We could do a whole podcast where I just name you random first round quarterbacks that got selected because teams didn't want to show patience at that position. It's the one thing you have to have. You have to get a franchise quarterback. You have to solve that problem. You have to address that position. And we enter the 2023 cycle, I think, with a plethora of teams that are looking to answer their quarterback position long term. Houston's still looking for an answer. Detroit's still looking for an answer. Atlanta's probably looking for an answer. The Jets are probably looking for an answer. We don't know what the Raiders might potentially do. Is Seattle going to bring Geno Smith back? Those are just a couple of teams offhand that I can think of. Carolina's going to be in the mix for a quarterback. I mean, you have a plethora of teams that are trying to solve the quarterback problem. They're trying to solve the quarterback question. Who is our franchise quarterback? Who is our Patrick Mahomes? Who is our Josh Allen? Who is our Justin Herbert? Who is our guy that's going to lead us for the next decade plus, hopefully lead us to a championship and create a very long window, a very long runway in which we are able to do that, in which we're able to compete for championships. So let's add all that up. We have probably a deeper quarterback class, or at least more names that we're considering for the first round than we did in 2022. Yet I don't think we feel very warm and fuzzy about this group, very similarly to the way we feel about felt about 22. We have the same, if not more, teams interested in solving their quarterback position going into this year. There's a supply, there's a demand, basic economics. We can we can do this all day. We can figure this out of how this is going to work. Yet I find myself looking at Joel Marino's latest mock draft for TDM. Talked about it on the Monday edition of Draft Dudes with him. I was filling in for Kyle and we talked about it. But he had four quarterbacks go 
in the first round. He had Bryce Young, he had C.J. Straub, Will Levis, and Anthony Richardson all come off the board. And four quarterbacks has kind of been this taboo thing, right? It's been basically three for a good stretch. We flirted with four for a little bit there when Anthony Richardson had the good start to the season. That kind of tapered off. Three had been the number. Stroud, Young, Levis, in some kind of order to three teams of some capacity, mix up every week which which teams it was. But that was the general consensus, that it's those three quarterbacks going in the first round. Well, now that we've added second rounds to this mock draft, I think one of the more fun things that, that comes from this is a draft class begins to develop. It's one thing to be able to say, these are all my quarterbacks, ranked one through however many players come out in the class. It's one thing to be like, here are my one through five running backs for this class, wide receivers, corners, offensive tackles, whatever the position may be. It's one thing to say, here's how they stack one through five. But when you have to make the picks, when you have to go through the order, when you have to go one through 32, 33 through 64, when you have to go through that process, a draft class develops and positional value comes into play talent comes into play and maybe some positions we've got really good players at a position but they get pushed down the board a little bit because another position has a player and a team need and a team fit that makes a ton of sense and then a draft class develops when you have to make 64 or in this case 63 because of the one forfeited pick in the first round you can start to see trends emerge you can start to see positional value positional depth emerge and what I find so fascinating and I've checked it three or four times now at this point just to make sure that what I saw was correct. But Joe Marino, in his latest edition of a mock draft, version 4.0, that added a second round. After putting four quarterbacks in the first round, my friend Joe Marino didn't put a single quarterback in the second round of his mock draft. Not a single one. No Bo Nix. No Hendon Hooker. No Cameron Ward. No Michael Penix. Those are just a couple of names that we can consider at the position. No Jaron Hall. None of those names come off the board. I just gave you five names, five other quarterbacks. None of those names came off the board in the second round. After only four, not like he jammed five or six of them into the first round, only four in the first round, none in the second round. And there's some big names that go in the second round. Jackson Smith and Jigba falls to 35. Rasheed Rice falls to 40. Trenton Simpson goes all the way down to 43. Jameer Gibbs at 44. I mean, we've got some big names. Kayshawn Boutte at 47. There are some big names that fall into the second round of this mock draft. But what doesn't fall into the second round of this mock draft are any other quarterbacks. That's that's fascinating to me. Because I wonder if that is... I, I wonder if Joe thought about this. I wonder if Joe just went through and made 64 picks and 63 picks, excuse me. Probably going to do that a lot over the course of the next couple of months. And slotted players in, looked at team needs, said, oh, wow, this this player fits here. We're going to take this player. And it just so happened that it worked out that no quarterbacks went in the second round. But I look at this and I say, you have four quarterbacks going in the first round, none going in the second round. Does this class fall off a cliff a little bit? 2022's did. Kenny Pickett goes in the first round, falls off a cliff. We don't get un- another quarterback till round three. So the numbers may change. You might see four in the first round. But then does it fall completely off the cliff where a Bo Nix doesn't go until round three? A Hendon Hooker, an older player, messed up knee, probably going to miss a large portion of his rookie campaign, so it's going to be another year older. Michael Penix, the one good year at Washington. Cameron Ward, who knows if he's going to come out or not. Only one year at Division One. Jaron Hall at BYU. The last BYU quarterback's not necessarily working out in the NFL. So does the, does the class fall off a cliff a little bit? 
Or is this more of other positions are just so loaded or just ha have so much caliber talent that they can get pushed up the board and these quarterbacks can get pushed down the board? Again, quarterbacks being pushed down the board isn't something we're used to seeing. We saw it in 22, but it's not something we're used to seeing. Teams fall over themselves to try to draft a quarterback. Teams fall over themselves to be the, the team that tr tr trades back into the first round, back half of the first round to get the fifth-year option on a quarterback. Teams fall over themselves trying to make that selection in the second round or third round to get a Geno Smith, to get a Russell Wilson, to get a Jalen Hurts. Again, teams fall over themselves in order to do this. For Joe, they ain't falling over themselves. They're addressing other needs. They're looking at the landscape. They're picking other things. And you've got teams that make sense. The Jets taking a flyer on a quarterback in, in the second round – Makes some sense. The Commanders make some sense. The Saints make some sense. I mean, let's look at it. The four teams that he has going in the first round, Houston. Okay, so we rule them out for the second round. All right, we take them off the table. Carolina at six. Okay, we take them off the table. Indianapolis at 14. Stroud. Okay, we take them off the table. The Giants, we take them off the table. He didn't have Detroit taking a quarterback. Aren't they a prime team to take a quarterback with a second round pick after using their first two first round picks on talents at other different positions and so it's not like there aren't teams that are needy at the position now maybe free agency bears it out to where those teams address those problems those teams feel comfortable enough with their quarterback situation where they don't go that direction but we don't have that information we are dealing with incomplete information at this point it's the fun part of doing a mock draft is you're throwing darts at a dartboard in a lot of ways specifically on November 30th there's not a lot of certainty about a very uncertain process to begin with but I just, listen, what we do here on this show when we talk about these mock drafts is we talk about my takeaways, right? We talk about what my initial gut reaction is when I look at these. And now adding a second round gives us more data points, more plot points to look at. And when I scrolled through and I did not see a single quarterback go in the second round, I thought that was very telling. I thought that maybe that was Joe's way of saying, this quarterback class, yeah, we've got some names at the top that we feel pretty comfortable about. Because again, if, if, the, if the Giants aren't interested in quarterback with Anthony Richardson or if Anthony Richardson decides to go back to school, and think about it. It would fall off the cliff after those three. And again, I don't know. Our team's going to fall over themselves to draft Bo Nix in the first round. Now, if he goes down to the senior bowl and plays really well, you could see that. Our team's going to fall over themselves to draft an injured Hendon Hooker in the, in the first two rounds? No, I don't think so. And so that's, to me, the big takeaway here is that this quarterback class that we already have a lot of uncertainty about because nobody really made a massive step forward. Did your opinion about Bryce Young change? from the beginning of the year to the end of the year? Did your opinion about C.J. Stroud change that much from where it was at the beginning of the year or where, where it was in the summer? Maybe your opinion about Will Levis changed a little bit, not in a good way, and so that moves him down the board a little bit, which makes it kind of where it's two, maybe three guys going the first round. Yeah, Bo Nix has played well enough to enter the conversation of being a day, day two pick. Hendon Hooker, before the injury, was playing well enough to be in that consideration. Cameron Ward has shown flashes, very toolsy, yes, Jaron Hall has played good enough at BYU to be, to can be considered as a day two pick. Yes, there are guys that have raised their draft stock a little bit, but enough to get into that first-round conversation, enough to where teams are going to pass on other positions. I don't know. Joe certainly didn't think so in his latest mock draft, and I think I tend to agree. You guys know how I feel about the wide receiver group this year. I, I, I still feel pretty steadfast in that, that the, the value that you're going to get at that position is more than likely going to be on day two in rounds two and three. And I wonder if the quarterback conversation is the value that you're truly going to get is who is able to wait long enough to get a quarterback, potentially on round three, maybe the start of day three. Is that where the true value is going to be found? 
because of because of all the other talent that you have at other positions. I think it's really easy for us to just look at what happened last year and say, wow, teams are showing more patience. Teams are going to begin to calm down drafting quarterbacks early. And I think this this class is obviously a little different because you're going to have more quarterbacks going the first round. You're going to have, I think, at least two, probably three, if not more, but you only had one last year. And I think that sweet spot's going to be in round two and round three. I think that's where the sweet spot's going to be to take a project, take a developmental quarterback, not ask that player to start right away. Let them learn in the system. Let them learn in the environment. And then hopefully they develop down the road to where you have an answer at the position. But to see no quarterbacks go in the second round, I think just shows you twofold that this quarterback class as a whole is a little weird. It's a little wonky. We've got two straight years of this. Don't worry. It will fix itself for 2024. 2024 will be a very, very fun draft class to explore. So we just got to get through these little bumps in the road. And I'm sure somebody in this class will develop into a decent player in the National Football League. And there are a couple guys that could be franchise quarterbacks at the position. So we're not going to completely write this group out. I think this group is better than 2022. There's still uncertainty about it. But it also, I think, points to there are a lot of other positions that have some deep players, that have some deep classes. Wide receiver is potentially one of those positions. I think linebacker, edge, those are the types of positions that I think you see so much depth in and so much value in in the second round that those positions are the the things that are going to be the hot commodities when it comes to the top of the second round, mainly throughout the second round. And again, we don't have a lot of data points left. We've got conference championship week for some players, right? One more game. You've got the bowl season. How much stock are we going to put into that? How many players are even going to participate? And then there's the the senior circuit, right? There's the the all-star game circuit. There's the Shrine Bowl. There's the Senior Bowl. There's the Combine. There's the Pro Days. But that's it. That's all we've got left. A lot of this stuff's on tape already. A lot of what we know about these players, we've already seen. There's not going to be a big step forward for these players with one, maybe two, or three games left for some of these players in the college football playoff on their calendar. There's just not a lot of data points left. And so the hay the hay's in a barn in a lot of ways. You're going to get the senior bowl for some players. You're going to get the combine numbers to kind of give you those official measurements on players. But a lot of the hay's in the barn already. And so when I look at this, I think we're starting to see for two years now, we've seen quarterback a quarterback class, and maybe the 2021 class we want to throw in there as well. We've seen an underperforming, or just an underwhelming, I should say, quarterback class that maybe falls off a cliff after a certain names. Last year, it was after Kenny Pickett. There was a big drop-off. This year, it might be after two or three names. We see that drop-off depending on Anthony Richardson and his you know, declaration of, of going to the pros or not. But I think you see a bit of a fall-off for Joe. Went through the entirety of the second round. And I think you're starting to see some other positions, edge, wide receiver, corner, as positions that have developed into where there are going to be some options on day two that help push those quarterbacks down the board just a little bit. So just a quick look into Joe's latest mock draft here on the show. I thought it was fun. thought it was fascinating that no quarterback went in round two at all. Uh, I'll have to talk to Joe about it, see if I can get an explanation as to what uh, what the thought process was, the methodology was that got there, if he did it on purpose or if it just so happened to work out that way because of the way the other positions broke down. That's going to do it for us here on the Wednesday edition of the podcast. Thanks all, thanks, thanks to you all for hanging out with us here on a Wednesday. Thanks as always to Bet Online for their continued support of the podcast. I hope everybody makes it a great day. I'll talk to everybody tomorrow.